0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Uh, open your Bibles. I want to read a. Uh, I want to read something, and um, and it's, it's a story that I love, and uh, you know, it's it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just share a thought this morning, really, because I believe it's just something that. It, it, I've been going over in, in my spirit, in just in my heart this week, and it just has been just been coming back to me. And and and, and I really believe that it's such a powerful concept in our lives. And and I and I draw it from uh, in John 1. If you can go to John one, um let's go to verse 32. Um, actually let's go we can go from verse 29. This story it says this is when Jesus comes down to be baptized. You know, we just, how many love that baptism video? Wasn't that awesome seeing those testimonies and hearing what God is doing is powerful. I love it. In John 1, 29, is the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. Speaking of John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said after me comes a man who is preferred before me for he was before me I did not know him but that he should be revealed to Israel therefore I came baptizing with water and John bore witness saying I saw the spirit I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he sent me to be baptized with water. He said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and testified that this is the son of God. I like that that uh, wording. I love and I repeated it a few times because I think it's important. And I want you to sort of catch what happens in this story. Jesus comes down to be baptized by John the Baptist. And and I love the humility that we see upon Jesus in this moment. That, that Jesus, even though he's the son of God, he recognizes the anointing that's upon John the Baptist. And Jesus... King of kings, Lord of lords, God in flesh says to John the Baptist, no, I want you to baptize me. He recognized what he carried. He recognized what was on his life. And and what happens is John baptizes Jesus. And it says that when Jesus comes up out of the water, it says the spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it says descended from heaven. And it says like a dove. And it says, descended and it came and the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus. And then it says this incredible thing. It says, and he remained. The Holy Spirit didn't just rest upon him for a moment. The Holy Spirit didn't just come upon him in in this awesome moment. The Holy Spirit didn't come upon him in a service But it came upon him in this moment and it remained, remained upon his life. And that struck me and and I've looked at this many times, but it struck me today. And and what I want to preach about is I want to preach about what it means to host the Holy Ghost. What it means in our life to host the Holy Spirit, to host the the Holy Ghost in our life, because your whole life will radically change when you understand what it means to have the Holy Spirit remain upon you. In every single thing that you do, in everywhere that you go, if you can get a greater revelation that the Holy Spirit is remaining, is upon you. That's a powerful concept. And we look at, if you look at, the word, you know, when I'm talking about hosting the Holy Ghost, or hosting the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I feel like we have to say Holy Spirit because Holy Ghost might maybe freak people out, you know. Uh, but, but really, when we, when we talk about what is, what is a host, if you look up what it means to host someone, we know that a host is, is, is one or one definition of a host, if you like, is, is someone that cares for, a guest, someone that looks after and cares for. If you go to somebody's house for dinner, what are they doing? They're hosting you, aren't they? How many know when you go to someone's house for dinner, um, there's some things that are customary for the host to do in order to get you to come to their house, isn't there? You ever had someone invite you for dinner to their house? Imagine if someone comes up to you at church and said, hey, listen, I was just wondering, I mean, if you've got nothing on, I mean, I can't really be bothered. I don't really, I mean, I'm pretty busy, but I feel like I should probably invite you to just, I mean, come over. Like, I mean, like whatever. I don't really care. Like, I mean, there's not going to be anything there. There's not going to be, I'm not, it's not like I'm going to cook for you or anything. Don't get too excited. But, but uh, I mean, we're meant to, you know, have people over, we're meant to hang out with people. And so, I mean, just come over, find the address yourself. It's We're in this location, sort of, we're in this suburb, but wander around, you'll find it, you'll stumble upon it eventually. I might be there, I might not. But if I'm not, just wait outside until I'm good and ready. And when I'm good and ready, maybe I'll let you in. How many know you're not going to that person's house for dinner, are you? When someone comes and when someone invites you, that's what they're doing is a host. What does a host do? A host first invites. And what they do is they make effort. And they do, what do they do? They prepare, don't they? They prepare before the person gets there, they make preparations. There's an, there's an expectation, isn't there, when someone's coming? How many know growing up, you remember when you were a kid and your parents invited a family over for dinner? How many know that, that there is an expectation? I remember I used to hate it when people, my parents would invite a family over for dinner. Come on, how many note, Because it's not going to, the expect, the preparation is going to begin. If it was anything like my house, it would begin about three days before the people got there. I was under strict, strict guidelines as a kid. My mum would say, Ben, you will not say this. You will not do this. You will act this way. You will walk this direction. You will be here. There were specific guidelines. You know what I mean? We all had jobs. You had tasks. You had jobs. Mum would get the cleaner to come. You know what I mean? If it's anything like my mum, we used to have to clean before the cleaner came. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I remember the first time my mom said that to me: "Ben, quick, get up, clean the house. The cleaner's coming." <laughs> I'm standing there as a kid, clean the house, because the, well, what's she gonna do when she gets here then? But there was preparation. I remember as kids, we would get gathered. My mum would, we would get dressed up. You know, she would dress us right. And we all had a job to do and we all had a task to do. And there was this, there was this build up. The house was, was clean. The table was set. Mum was cooking the food. Dad was helping us clean. There was this preparation and this expectation. Why? Because we were about to host somebody. Think about this in regard to how we live our lives when it comes to hosting the Holy Ghost in our life. Do we prepare for the Holy Spirit to come? Do we prepare, do we make, make room for? That's what you're doing as a host is you're making room for. Do we make room for the Holy Spirit in our life? Or is the Holy Spirit an added extra? Just perhaps a little icing on the cake. Just perhaps, look, I'm going to go about my daily routine. See, when we would host a family in our house, my mum wouldn't say, look, we're just going to, we wouldn't go about our daily routine. We wouldn't just go about what we were going to eat, what we were going to do and just say, listen, you come and just do it with us. There was preparation that went, there was, we made space for those that were coming. And this is what I'm talking about in regard to the Holy Spirit and and the Holy Ghost in our life and what it means to host the Holy Ghost. Are you preparing for the Holy Spirit to be made welcome in your life? Are you preparing? Are you making room? Do you make room throughout your day to tune into the Holy Spirit? Do you make room throughout your day to invite the Holy Spirit to be mindful of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life? Because I want to tell you, when we, get, when we begin to understand what it means to host the Holy Ghost in our life, things begin to change in what happens around us. The Holy Spirit, we have to make this decision to invite And welcome, make the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit in your life, does the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being a person of the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit, does He feel welcome? Does He feel welcome in your life? When He shows up to the front door of your life, so to speak, when He comes, does He feel like He wants to come in? Is there a hesitation in you that says, "Well, I don't know. I don't want, you know. I'm not. I, I'm just. I'm not really ready for a, a big encounter with God this Sunday. You know, we got. I got like we got lunch happening later, and you know, I have got my nice, nice sort of you know blouse on. I mean, this is silk. Like, I don't want to get you know like this isn't. But I'm saying, you know, um, you know, I don't want. I mean, my makeup is looking on point today. Um, you know, I'm really feeling it. Remember, I woke up like this, like I'm feeling something. I'm not necessarily, I'm not, I'm not really, look, if the Holy Spirit comes, I guess, if, it, if it's like a super, super, super powerful service, maybe I'll lean into it a little bit, but it's not like I'm, I'm really desperate for Him today. I'm cool. I'm cool today. It's, it's a nice Sunday. You know, maybe it's a Mother's Day. Maybe it's an Easter service. Maybe let's just have a, let's just have a service and let's see what pastor will preach or, or let's see what Pastor Javon might bring. And, you know, maybe I'll write a few points down, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up or whatever, that's OK. I want to tell you something. When you come into church and the door of your heart is wide open and you're prepared and you're hungry and you've made preparations and there's an expectation in your heart that says, you know what, Lord, I want you to come today. I want you to come because the Holy Spirit is here in every service when we usher in and we begin to preach the Word and sing worship. The Holy Spirit is here whether you encounter Him or not. It's not up to the person preaching or the person singing or the person leading. It's up to you. Is the door of your heart open to say, Holy Spirit, come and rest upon me. Rest upon my life. I want to host the Holy Ghost today in my life what happened. Look at these words of David. I love it. He says, it's a well-known Psalm in 51 verse 10, Created me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. It's this, you can see this, this desperation in him. This, he, he, he values, he values the presence of the Holy Ghost in his life. Do you depend upon Him, the Holy Spirit, every single day? Do you wake up and do you, the moment you wake up in the morning, do you open the door of your heart and say, Holy Ghost, I want to host you today in my life? This was what happened. He came down and it says that, that He descended. He descended upon Him. In Luke 1, 29 it's a bit further down, actually, but it says it's the story of when the angel came and spoke to Mary. Remember the story of of Mary and and the angel came and spoke and and the angel begins to speak. And and it says, then Mary said to the angel, as the angel begins to say, you're going to be with child. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said, uh, angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest, look at this, the power of the highest will overshadow you. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit, when we begin to understand what it is to host the Holy Ghost in our life, the Holy Spirit will come and will overshadow us, cover everything that we do. Everything that we are. See, this is what we've got to understand. We've got to get to a greater level and a depth in understanding what the Holy Ghost hosting, the Holy Ghost means in our life. And you've hear, heard it said time and time from here, from Pastor Jensen and myself and Pastor Javon, that the Holy Spirit is bigger, is greater than just what we, what, we, what we do in a service, what we do in a worship song and what happens in the preaching. When you understand the Holy Spirit is not just there for you to sort of have a moment in a service, when you understand that you are called to host the Holy Ghost in your life. Host Him look after, make preparation for. Yeah. If you look at the Holy Ghost and you look at the Holy Spirit in, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit and in this story that we read when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it said He descended, what does it say? It said He descended like a dove. Yeah. It's so funny, it's so interesting rather that, that the Bible would use that terminology to describe The personality of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like a dove. Do you know that they say that doves can spook very easily? Dove is not an aggressive animal, not an aggressive bird. It could have been any other bird. It could have been anything else, something that's incredibly powerful. Yet we know the Holy Spirit to be powerful, but He doesn't use that. He uses this picture of a dove. They say a dove can scare and take off very easily. Do we create create an atmosphere in our life that not just attracts the Holy Spirit, but an atmosphere in our life that wants, that causes the Holy Ghost to want to remain? When the Holy Ghost comes in your life and you encounter the Holy Spirit, let me ask you something, church, does He wanna stay there? The thing about doves, and if you look at, and if you look at doves, it says that, that the, in, in the story, there's a great story in, in, in Genesis where it talks about Noah in the ark. You remember that story with Noah in the ark? And it says once they had gone and they'd been out on the water and, and, and the Lord had flooded the earth. And it says that, that Noah is in the ark. And then when it came to the, the end of the period of time where they'd been out on the water, Noah, remember the story, he sends out two, derb, two birds. He sends out a raven. And he sends out a dove. And if you look at that story and and study it, you'll know that a raven is a flesh eating animal. A raven is one that doesn't mind dead things. A raven is one that will go anywhere. It doesn't mind the filth. It doesn't mind the dead carcasses and the dead bodies because it would feed upon that. So He sent out two. He sent out a raven and the Bible says that the raven went out. And when the raven went out across the water and it saw the dead bodies and it saw the filth and it saw the the animals, the raven was very happy because the raven went down and began to feed upon the flesh and feed upon the dead things. And He was so happy with it that He found a place where He called home and made a decision He wasn't going to go back. But if you look at the story and you know it, when when Moses sent out the dove, we know the story. The dove went out and because the dove does not like dead things, because the dove does not like filthy things. Because the dove doesn't like dirty things, doesn't like. What happens is the dove went out and the dove flew out. And the Bible says that it's an interesting um, wording in the Bible where he says the dove could not find anywhere to rest his feet. And the dove flew around and he couldn't find anywhere where he could rest his feet. He couldn't see the dove doesn't like dirty things. And so the Bible says that the dove flew back and the dove came back to Noah. Are we creating, is there an atmosphere in our life that creates space for the Holy Spirit to come and an atmosphere in our life that causes the Holy Spirit to want to rest and remain? This is a cry of my heart that the Holy Spirit would be so, so present in my life that He would want to remain there that He would want to stay there, that I wouldn't allow things. See, this is where we have to get to, this place of understanding. And so many people will say, well, Pastor, is it okay to do this? Or is this good? Or is this bad? Or should I listen to this? Or should I watch this? Or should I act this way? Or should I go to this place? Or should I be with these people? Let me put it back on you and ask you, does the Holy Spirit want to stay there if you're doing that? Because what we have is we have people in church that they're constantly asking the question and what they're looking for is they're saying, tell me what the law says. Tell me the law. Tell me in writing. Show me so that I can do what the, what the law's telling me to do. The Bible says that the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. So I want to put it back on you and say, listen, don't worry. Don't worry about what the law says. Ask yourself, Holy Spirit. Do you want me here? Holy Spirit, do you want me listening to this? Do you want me watching this? Do you want me acting like this? Is this pleasing to you, Holy Spirit? If you live a life that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit will feel welcome and will want to stay and will remain. If you think of the picture of the dove coming and it was a picture, it says it came like a dove and rested upon Jesus. And I mentioned this the other week, but if a dove comes and rests upon you, how many know that's gonna change the way in which you walk? In order to keep the dove remaining on you, you're gonna have to be mindful of that dove every single step you take. And this is what we have to be as Christians. We've got to understand that God has called us to not just have the Holy Spirit come for a moment. But if we want the Holy Spirit to remain, we've got to live in such a way and create such an atmosphere in our life that is conducive to the Holy Spirit being present in our life. Don't worry so much about the law. It's a greater level and depth of understanding. It's teaching people. This is what we want to do is we want to teach people to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost in your life. Because it'll be the Holy Spirit that'll say, you know what, get away from there. You know what, you don't need that. You don't want to be hearing that. You don't want to be listening to that. You don't want to be watching that because it doesn't please me. And when you get involved in that, the Holy Ghost says, I can't remain. I can't stay here. I don't like the filth of that. I don't like the the dead things. I don't like to stay in your life. I cannot remain when you begin doing that. And I want to tell you the worst thing is to be separated from the Spirit of God. How many of you have ever backslidden and you've ever fallen away from God? I want to tell you there's nothing worse. You can get away from from church and you can fall away from God and you can get involved in sin and get involved in in the junk in the world. But I want to tell you, if you do that, and and I went for a period of time in my life. And if anyone's here has ever done that before, you know what I'm talking about. It's one thing because there's an element of, of your flesh that gets satisfied when you fall into sin. Sin's a lot of fun to your flesh. But I want to tell you something gets your spirit gets starved. And the longer you're in the world then the longer you're absent and separated from the presence of God and separated from the Spirit of God, the more dead you become and the more empty you become and the more broken you become. Why? Because you were designed and created for the Holy Ghost to dwell within you. You were created to host the Holy Ghost in your life. And when you are separated from the Holy Spirit and separated from the touch of God, there's an emptiness and there's a brokenness. We need to learn what it is to host the Holy Ghost in our life. When the dove came and the dove came and, and, and struck, struck his shoulder, rested upon him, when that dove hit him, something changed, something happened. Learning, learning to host the Holy Ghost, learning to, to, to know what it is to have the Holy Spirit remain remain in our life. You cannot do what God has called you to do without hosting the Holy Ghost. In Zechariah, he says that the word of the Lord Zechariah came to Zerubbabel and it was in regard to Zerubbabel rebuilding the temple. And Zechariah came to him and he said, we know the words, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. You can't do it in your own might. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own effort. Businessman, you may be great. You may be gifted. You may be talented. But the anointing and what God has called you to do and the call on your life, you cannot do it in the natural. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to learn what it is before you go into that meeting. You need to learn what it is to stop in your car with a little bit of worship on and make some space in your life to say, Lord, would you come and would you rest upon me now. When you understand what it is to make room and host the Holy Ghost and have the Holy Ghost remain, it changes how you look at yourself because you understand now I'm carrying the Holy Ghost. Now I'm a now I am a, once the Holy Spirit comes upon me and the Holy Spirit remains, now I've become a vessel. Now I've become a carrier of the presence of God. I've become a carrier of the Spirit of God. So that means that everywhere that you go and everywhere that you set your foot, it means that you're not just stepping on there. The Spirit of God is now stepping on there. So when you walk into that meeting, I want to tell you businessman or businesswoman, when you walk into that meeting, it's not just you that's walking in there. You're walking in and the Spirit of God just walked in. When you walk in that room, it's the Spirit of God that walks in that room. I wanna tell you, young person and and college student, you're a danger to hell when you walk on that campus if you understand what it is to host the Holy Ghost. Because when you get out of that car and you start walking on that campus, I wanna tell you something. Things are gonna start to change around you. People will start to sense something different. All of a sudden, there'll be a peace. All of a sudden, the atmosphere will change because now you've become a host of the Holy Ghost. And you start stepping on there and you start seeing things shift and you start seeing things change. It can change every single thing that we do. I want us to tell you, when whatever we're doing, if we can catch this as a church, what it means to host the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you, that's how revival breaks out in a city. A revival doesn't break out in a city because there's a great preacher. It doesn't break out in a city because the band members are great. It doesn't break out in a city because the churches were so well organised and has great small groups and great structures. All of that stuff is awesome, but all of that stuff is about building Building an atmosphere that attracts the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes down and gets upon people and people carry that Holy Ghost out into a workplace, out into a college, out into a high school, that's where things start to change. It's hosting, hosting the Holy Ghost, hosting the Holy Spirit. I remember going into a clothing store in Melbourne that I used to love to buy clothes at. And I remember, you know, I remember talking with this guy, this young guy came up to me and and, uh, you know, as clothing stores, you know, they do. And if they're working in the store and they come up and, and, and if you're anything like me, you never want anyone to help you, you're always fine. And those people are always the ones that feel the need to just stay with you the whole time. And, and I remember in the store and, and, and he said, hey, how are you? And we just start talking. And he says, how's your day? I said, it's going good. And we just start talking. And, and he, says, um, he says, oh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And, uh, and he says, you're a what? I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And, and, and in Australia... They, they, Australia is very secular. They don't understand if you say if you say pastor before it's it, it, if you say pastor, someone they think you're talking about Italian food. They don't they don't know what that they, they don't understand what you're talking about, and so you have got to explain it. And I said, well, well, like, you know, we're at a church, and he says, you're like a bishop, like. A, and I said, well, sort of different. And he said, you don't wear a collar. I said, no, I mean, this is my collar. Like, and so we start talking, and he's so. He's so confused. He's like, what do you, I mean, how how does, and he says this to me, I used to get this all the time. How does someone like you become, get into being a pastor? He said, I mean, you seem quite normal. (laughs) And I said, I I used to say to people, I said, do you want me to tell you the real, real reason? And he says, yeah. And I just said this to him. And I said we're standing in the store, and I said this, and I promise you, I said, bro, I had an encounter with God one day that changed my life. He says, I don't even know what that. What does that mean? What? And he said, the moment. Listen, the moment I said that, all of a sudden everything changes. And what we do is sometimes you've got you got to understand, you got to test, you got a story to tell. That's it. Come on. And when you tell your story, what we try and do is we water down our message of what God has done in our life to try and make it palatable for people. But the true raw testimony of what God has done in your life carries the Holy Ghost on it. It carries power on it. And when you just share the true raw testimony of what God has done, not in religious way, not in self-righteous way, not in a weird way, it'll carry something on it. It'll carry a touch and people will sense it and be drawn to it. And I remember saying this to this dude, I said, bro, I had an encounter with God. I said to him, I know it sounds crazy to you. I mean, he's just like a young dude working in a clothing store, never been in church in his life. Wouldn't he, doesn't even know what church is. And I said, I had an encounter with God. I said, I was broken. I was, I was hurting. I, I didn't know what I was living for. I didn't, I didn't, know. I didn't have purpose in my life. And I said to him, it came down to one particular night where I was so broken and so hurt. And I was so away from God. And I literally, man, and I said this, I literally cried out to God. And I told him the story. And I said, man, I was in a room and I put on some Christian church music. I said this, It was like church music, man. And I put it on. And the moment I put it on and I cried out, I said with a loud voice, I said, God, if you are real... I said, I wasn't playing. I wasn't messing. I wasn't, it wasn't a religious, it was life or death for me in that moment. I said, God, enough is enough. If you are real, if everything I've heard about and if it's for real, I need you now. I need you now. And I tell him in this this clothing store and I said, bro, I don't know how to describe this to you in a way that won't freak you out. How many know at that moment, he's looking at me wide eyed. Come on, because we got people that are hungry. And what we're doing as a church is we're trying to hold back and trying to pretty it up and trying to water it down a little bit because we don't want to freak them out. Listen, the world needs to be freaked out every now and then to remind them that we serve a supernatural God who is real, His freedom He has for you is real and encounters we have with God are real. And I said to him, and I said, bro, I said, I just felt, I said, the only way to describe it was I felt like a flood. I felt like waters of a flood just came into that room and I felt the supernatural power of God. I didn't feel guilt. I didn't feel shame. I felt this love and this presence just bust in that room and fill that room. And it hit me and it broke me. And in that moment, I knew that God was real. And I just start talking to him in this store about it. He's freaking out. He said, man, I've, I've never, there's other people walking in the store. He's ignoring everyone else. His dude stopped working. He's looking at me like this. He says, I've never heard anything like this in my life. A Few days later, I'm at the gym and I'm walking through the gym and, and I look up and there's this guy walking towards me in the gym. He sees me and he rushes up to me. And he said, bro, you were in my store the other day. I said, yeah, I remember you, man. He said, you're talking about all that Jesus stuff. He said, I went home and he said, I lived with his girlfriend. He said, I went home and I told my girlfriend everything that you said. I said, she couldn't believe it either. He said, listen, are you doing church this Sunday? Would we be able to come? I said, bro, you could come to church because listen, we shared something that carried something on it. When you share, listen, I want to encourage you. When you share, share from that place of revelation. Share from that place where the Spirit touched you. Share from that place, don't share from here. Some of you are trying to work out, what do I say, when do I say it, or how do I explain it to them? How? Listen, I wanna just tell you, just share the raw testimony, the raw greatness of God. Tell them what God did. Tell them the encounter you had. Tell them what you felt. Tell them the breakthrough you experienced. Tell them what you sensed when the Holy Spirit came and touched you and it'll carry the Holy Spirit on it. So there I am next Sunday. I'm out the front of church just welcoming people as they're coming into church. And I look in the distance and there's this guy and he's walking to church. And he's walking there and he's got a buddy with him. His girlfriend couldn't come along that week. So he just brought a mate. He brought a friend with him. Because he, listen, he became a witness. He wasn't even saved yet. You get this? He's not even saved yet. But because he's heard a testimony that carries the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost on it, he starts telling other people, bro, you've got to come to church. He's not even saved. He's never been. He's already telling a friend, bro, you've got to come to church. I heard this guy in my store talking about floods and, and Holy Ghost and love and setting things free. I never heard anything like it. We've got to get there and we've got to see what's going on because there's something real about this, something I never heard before. Well, I'm telling you, we get in that service. I got him a row on the second row. Get him on the second row. Sometimes the first row will freak him out, but the second's got enough power, it'll still hit him. And listen, I get him on the second row and I preached. And at the end of the message, I said, if you want Jesus, you need to raise your hand and come to the front. And I wanna tell you both of them, raise hands and said, I need Jesus. I wanna tell you, this is over 10 years ago, still in church to this day, plugged into church, living for Jesus, set free by the power of God. I want to tell you, it wasn't because of a great Gospel message. It was because we began, I began to understand what it was to carry and host the Holy Ghost. You understand this, you start walking into your workplace. When you walk into a clothing store, you better get ready because Jesus just walked in. And I'm not trying to puff you up and make you think it's about you, but I'm trying to help you understand what it means to be a vessel and a host of the Holy Ghost. When you walk into that workplace, your work colleagues better watch out because the presence of God just came in there and things are about to shift. Things are about to change, but you've got to make space. You've got to make space. For the Holy Ghost. When you feel the Holy Spirit, I do it, you know, yesterday, even in my office, and I'm not trying, listen, I have just as much challenges as, as any one of you, just as much difficulties, just as much temptation, just as much issues that we walk through. We're all the same, but what I've learned is I've learned since that moment, I've learned to value the Holy Ghost. And I've learned to know what it is when I feel the Holy Ghost just tap me on the shoulder. Remember, he said, Dove. It's a, it's just a still. It's just a still small voice. Yeah. I was sitting in my office and just preparing, and keys could come. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish, just preparing, just going through. What I'm gonna preach and thinking. Of, I was sharing with Pastor Javon. We were talking yesterday. I'm saying you, you try and you go through all of these different sermons you could preach. And it's a battle as a preacher. We get so caught up trying to come up with this concept and this analogy and these points. And sometimes you just read a story and God will just touch it. And God will say, preach on host in the presence. And I'm like, but God, I, you know, I, I don't have, I tried so hard to come up with points. Said God, I don't have I don't have the point, I don't have it's not lining up. God says you don't need the points. You just need a touch. And I remember in that moment I closed my computer screen. And I just lent in to the Holy Spirit. I had to I had to make some room. I had to get rid of, and hear what I'm saying, preparation, um, uh, it's important, diligence, it's important. But I felt like God said, forget, your, forget striving. Forget trying to put it all together for you're trying in your own strength. And every now and then God will say, you know what, shut the screen and just lean into me and say, Lord, would you come and would you rest upon me? Would You come and would You fill me afresh? Would You come and would You do something in my heart? Would You deposit, drop something in my heart so I can be a, a person that knows what it is to, to carry Your touch and carry Your presence? It's what you need. It's what your work colleagues need. It's what your friends in school and in college need, It's what your family needs. And you're trying to orchestrate it and you're trying to work it out. What you need to do is just create space in your life for the Holy Ghost. In worship, when I walked in here and and BJ's up here and he starts singing and then as he's singing, I'm singing the song, doing what we do and I'm looking around, looking at stage, looking at how everything looks, but then I just feel the Holy Spirit just come and just tap me. And then in that moment, I've got to just close my eyes and just lean into the Holy Ghost. Create some space. Say, Lord, would you come? Lord, I feel your touch. He will never force Himself. He just draws you just that little bit. And He's looking for someone that would respond and say, Lord, I want to take that one step closer and say, God, would you come and fill me and rest and remain? Right across this place, close your eyes. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.